Taylor's Intersection was a chance for me to have a medium where people could talk about the intersection of money and meaning. I've been in sales 16 plus years and I know for the most part it's binary. One, zero, one, zero, one, zero. If you bring in enough money, then you're a good person. If you don't, you're not so much of a good person. The sales world is binary and missing something important that goes beyond meeting quotas. This is how to prevent selling your soul and wasting valuable years of life. But sales can be more than just a money grab. It can be meaningful and enjoyable. And those who can better explain this meaning are not your cookie cutter by the sales book vanilla people. They're my guests. And hope you enjoy the first season. More to come in the second and seasons beyond. Um, these are colorful people and they discuss how they derive fulfillment, meaning, enjoyment, and also what they're bringing to the positive evolution of sales. And it continues to be wonderful. Hey, Eric. John, how's it going? Good, man, how you doing? Good. Is this the most important part of your day or what? Oh yeah, number one. <laughs> no, I, uh, I just I'd go, I found out that I've been walking around on a broken ankle for the past three months, so I had to go get a boot uh, that's, that I got to sit in for the next three weeks here. So that's uh, that is the least important but most important part of my day so far. That sucks, but uh, oh, I'm uh, ready to. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. It's just like 2020 can kiss my whole ass. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's only about. You're about 24 hours, 48 hours away from being nicknamed Boot. Mm -hmm. I've had a couple of those guys. Yeah. Um, hey, well, hey, thanks for thanks for taking some time with me. I know we had uh, um, some hiccups, right, um, getting yeah. here, but I uh, appreciate your patience mm -hmm. um, and thanks thanks for being here. So. Glad, uh, extremely excited to have you on the show, and I'll I'll eat my own shoe if you walk away thinking this was a waste of your time. So yeah, no um, uh, before we get into it, I should introduce my guest, John Barrows, the Genghis Khan of sales, <laughs> Robert the Bruce of buyer intent strategy and acumen and the Ben Affleck in Armageddon having the sales acumen to dodge the dark funnel and increasingly smart, smarter buyer. The guy that half my guests have referenced as a mentor or someone like a Superman in their life. And that's true. Um, that's uh, flattering, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's, uh, I've had Morgan Ingram, Casey Jones, uh, Dale Dupree. And it's like, I got to get this John guy on the, you know, <laughs> I had Steve Richards uh, last, last week. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, I am interested though, before we start, I'm curious and, and you can be honest, what, what were you expecting from today's show in terms of a scale of one to 10? One, why do I do these things? And 10, this is one of the best podcasts I've done in five years. And he actually taught me something. Uh, oh, taught me something. Um, so podcasts are usually, you know, if I should have, I have my podcast because that's what, that's how I learn. So I actually started it because I don't learn by reading books. I don't learn by, I actually learn by interviewing other people. So, um, so that's, you know, for me, that's on my end, but, uh, you know, I, I'd say, you know, I do these a lot. Uh, so, you know, it's probably in the seven range of, you know, my expectations are good questions and, and good dialogue and uh, no bullshit. And uh, hopefully we can both learn something from each other and help the audience as well. Well, hey, my, my niche, my goal is always to get 
the, the guest to say, you know, I've never been asked that before, or this is the yeah. first time I've ever said that. So cool. What's um, the audience? What's the main audience? Just so I can know from a demographic standpoint. Oh yeah. Good question. So, um, the, the, the show is called sales intersection and yep. is put on by my company. Um, videos, video, video and pod, podcast sales are evolving. Um, it actually started a lot like your, your company, um, uh, less successful with, with sales enablement, sales coaching, sales mentoring on an individual, uh, team, corporate business level, and then evolved to, um, to really kind of focus on kind of what Morgan Ingram focuses on, which is video, you know, he's all about cool. video nice. um, yeah. and trying to uh, help uh, individuals, teams, corporations um, understand how to um, most effectively, uh, you know, go through that transformation with these new digital tools, not cool. new, but, you know, hey. no, I get it. Yeah, yeah. And, and that kind of thing. So that's the business. This is, this is the, the podcast, the inner, the audience, a lot of, uh, VP of sales, CROs, um, people that I've done business with in the past, uh, colleagues, my mom, um, that kind of cool. thing. Yeah, of course. Mom's yeah. always listening, right? <laughs> try, try not to cuss too much. So, um, you know, uh, of course, I have a list of questions that, depending on conversation flow, may or may not be asked. But let me ask you, what, what, what is most exciting to you in sales right now? If you were the host, what would you like to be talking about? Um, I, I know I recently heard you talking about account-based marketing or into top topics with an event coming up with Zoom Info. And um, I, find, yeah. I find that to be one of the most fascinating industries out there and I actually worked in it for a while with one of the forest quadrant leaders yeah. what are your thoughts on it and should we be relying on it more if, if that is one of the things that you're uh, yeah I mean account-based marketing is definitely I, I mean I think that's a piece of the overall evolution of where we are right now and I think the you know what I'm talking about a lot these days is is kind of how COVID was a forcing function you know things were evolving and and you know reps were becoming uh, um, robots with a lot of the tools and technology out there. And I, yeah, I've always talked about death of the average sales rep, uh, but I thought it was because of technology, right? Just slowly but surely technology was going to eat away more and more at what we did. And it was going to, the cream was going to rise to the top, but you know, the average reps are going to start to get replaced. And now COVID hits and kind of fundamentally disrupts a lot of what we were doing and breaks kind of the predictable revenue model here. Uh, and is forcing us all to kind of re-examine the value of the different roles, the structure of the teams, what different people do, how marketing is aligned and how SDRs, you know, are, are leveraged and all that stuff. So those are, it's more about the transformation that sales is going through right now, um, which I think aligns with your video and using the different tools and the technologies and finding new and innovative ways to engage with clients and add value and all that stuff. And how much, I mean, if, if you're going to be evaluating one of those tools, what kind of questions are you going to be asking? I mean, how much, if, you know, the, the dark funnel is, is a big topic in, in that whole industry where, you know, the, the, the buyer goes 60, 70% of the way yeah. in the evaluation process. And then these guys catch them at what, 15, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it all depends, obviously, on what you sell and who you sell to. I mean, that, that stat is good for inbounds. Um, it's not true for outbounds, obviously, because uh, outbound, you're trying to create the need, whereas inbound, they've identified it. So with inbound, yeah, 60 to 70% gone, you know, G2 and those type of things and intent data and understanding, you know, what people are actually, as opposed to guessing what their needs are, they... Uh, you know, you, you now have tools like G2 and a few others where Zoom too, where you can actually see that they're searching for very specific things, you know, tech target, and then you can be very, very targeted with who you're going after and, and create that value proposition. But, you know, I think it, it's all about where you are as a business, what you're selling, who you're selling to, and, and therefore, uh, what tool do you need to solve whatever the problem it is? And, and based on that, you know, it's not just, I think too many companies right now are, are investing in tools just to invest in tools. And now we have this tech stack that's a fucking night, excuse me, that's a nightmare. And, you know, and, and yet tools that do 70% of one thing, 20% of another, you know, and it's this, ha and nobody's really using them the right way. And so, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, the technology is a piece of the equation, but there's usually a fundamental structure that needs to be in place before technology can actually help uh, too many people, I think, are looking at technology for the answer, which it's never really the answer, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, for me, there's never really been a silver bullet. I mean, I'm, nope. I'm a, a LinkedIn uh, ninja, you know, navigator mm -hmm. kind of guy, sure. um, you know, scripts and, and you know, I'm not dealt to pre-level where I'm, I'm leaving empty donut boxes on people's desks and <laughs> yeah, no. like that. But, um, you know, I have my, I have my essential tools and then the nice to have, uh, for, for you, what are the essential ones? Uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit more old school from a personal standpoint, you know, my essential ones are more insights into businesses. So like, you know, Owler and, uh, Crystal Nose and, um, you know, those type of things. So I can gain, I can get alerts on, you know, Feedly, uh, that type of stuff. I don't rely as much on the sales lofts that, you know, I love Gong. It's a great coaching tool and I, but I love their blog more than anything else. Um, you know, so it's more to me, like I want to figure out all the tools that I can use to, to figure you out before I engage with you, right? To figure out what your persona is, what your company's going through, what some of the challenges that you're faced with are, and then just good old research. You know what I mean? Like good old, like, you know, LinkedIn, obviously, is, is figuring out, how, you know, what your social profile looks like, what, you, what is important to you. I mean, the good news right now is everybody's home, but everybody's talking, Right. And so all you got to do now is find out where they're talking and go find that information and then make some connections to that. And it's, it's actually not that easy. It's not that hard these days to connect with people. If you actually take a, a, an approach where you care. Yeah. So. And it's, it's a little dangerous, right? If, if you're, if you're supposedly catching them at the 60, 70% uh, mark of their evaluation process and you, sh and you should, and you're, you know, you think, you know, this, but you come in and actually you're completely wrong. Oh yeah. Well, the 60 to 70% is again, dangerous to me in general, because if they are already down that path then you're probably playing catch up to the other one or two vendors that they've already engaged with before you, you know what I mean? So yeah. like by the time 60 to set, they have a pretty good sense of the vendors that they want to talk to and what they're looking for. Yeah. So that's again, why inbound versus outbound is a, is an important distinction on that because outbound is, you know, you create the need, you get people to think you are strategic with it, uh, you know, and, and you, you can be the 
one who creates that to say, hey, by the way, have you thought of this? It's like, oh, shit, I didn't. Maybe I should look into this. And now you're leading. So now you're starting at, at 0% with them. And, you know, you can guide them through the process. Uh, 60 to 70%, you know, you're, you're fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, I got that. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of different solutions out there. Um, and a lot are, are coming up big, especially on the West Coast, Terminus, Dimension, Six Sense, yep. um, and Zoom Info making yeah. making a making a run with their uh, you know with their move with Discover Org. Discover Org, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're definitely uh, they're you know there's a lot of players coming into this space, but you know there's a lot of room in this space too uh, for people. I mean, there's a, there there will be a consolidation thing coming up here soon, just like the Martech. You know, it's like you know you had a whole bunch of players and then one by one they kind of brought the, the cream rise to the top and then there was acquisition 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 i think the same thing with the sales tech stuff these days is uh you know everybody's trying to figure out whatever the angle is and then you know within the next couple of years there's going to be some pretty big acquisitions going on yeah i was in the it space at distill networks we got acquired by imperva and the same thing's happening in that field so yeah. um let me ask you this what, what made you guys so successful i mean i, I mean what for for one, let's take. I was talking to Steve Richard, for example, and, and you know he said Gong Gong is is a competitor, mm -hmm. um, and Gong essentially listens to conversations and then they try to improve the performance mm -hmm. of their reps. Um, but Steve's company basically says that that that's where the problem is. It's, it's not it's not happening. Mm -hmm. um, where you you guys are kind of coming in and 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 also saying to the managers you guys aren't really doing your job as effectively as maybe we, we could. Um, does that sometimes rub the managers or anyone the wrong way? Yeah, I don't say that. You know, they, they, they're out there, there's, we don't do, like, we're, we don't do uh, coaching slash consulting. We do training, right? And there's a difference. Coaching slash consulting is let me come in, let me analyze your processes and figure out what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong and put together a plan and coach you. And effectively, you know, your managers aren't in a good position to be successful. So let us help you do that, right? Every manager knows that they don't get the training. They don't get the coaching. You know, most reps don't get the training that they need. And managers are even worse as far as what the tools and the resources that we give them. Usually it's the best rep that gets promoted to be the manager. And that's almost never the best case scenario, right? Because usually the best rep doesn't know how to articulate or, 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 or replicate what they do. And so they just end up being a deal chaser to jump in on deals and help, you know, close business because that's what they know how to do. Um, we do training. So ours is, you know, we come in, we train the team, we give them techniques, we give them tips, we give them some coaching on how to obviously implement it. But my, mine's more of like a shot in the arm and, you know, trying to upskill the team to drive some, some results. And then you know, how they integrate this moving forward is more their problem, not mine, right? Because I tell them, I'll give you all the tools in the world to implement this. But if you don't want to put in the effort to integrate and make sure that this is tracked and measured and that type of thing, I'm not going to hold your hand with it. So that's your problem. You know what I mean? That's why we don't, we're, we fit in the middle of, you know, I, I believe sales methodologies are dead. I, I think old school sales, I think singular sales methodologies are dinosaurs, right? Like if you subscribe to a singular sales methodology, you're not agile enough. To, none of them are agile enough to help you scale as a business or adjust to whatever the market's going to do. So to me, it's all about agility and we're like taking pieces of all the other trainings that are out there and compiling what your sales process is and then testing and trying and testing and trying. 
you know, the Miller Hyman's of the world, they charge you half a million year long implementation soup to nuts. And then a year later, a new VP comes in or the market shifts. And it's like, you just wasted all that time, energy and money where we are very tactical. And it's like, Hey, just go do this, try these different things, whatever. And it's, and it tends to resonate a lot more with what, with where people are right now. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of knowing, knowing the big, uh, you know, the big methodologies, knowing how to pivot um, when I need to. But for, for me, it comes down to technology changes quickly. Off, you know, office culture changes quickly, but human psychology does not. And so I, I try to focus on, nope. I try to focus on the books and, 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 the, and, the, and the books that are, that are more oriented around uh, buying psychology and, and oh yeah um yeah influence is my favorite book influence by robert cialdini is one of my favorite books i'll have to check that out it's, a, it's all about psychology it's not a book yeah it's not it's 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 one of the best yeah it's all about it's not it, it i mean it's all directly related to sales uh but it's not about sales it's all about influence and the psychology around that what what would you say right now is is something that's being. By the way, is this the is this the podcast or is are we like because I because I do have a hard stop at five o'clock. I just want to make sure we're um, clear. Um, yeah, this is the podcast. Okay, I didn't know because I didn't I didn't hear the intro or anything like that. I didn't know. Oh, I'm sorry. Right no, yeah, I'm no, sorry. I didn't know if you were practicing that intro and then going into it or what. But yeah, no, all right, cool. I'm, I'm, I should be more clear. I was kind of trying to talk to you for a while, and then I. I, anyway, it was. Uh, yeah, no, no, no worries. I just want to make sure we're we're making keep an eye on the clock. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So you mean you mean at, in forty minutes? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Five o'clock okay. is closed. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're fine. We're fine. Cool. cool. Um, is there is there something a topic that's being discussed out there, a trending social wise or um, uh, from from maybe some some of the sales leaders that you respect or at least know? that you feel is, is just given too much attention to, that it's going in the wrong direction. Um. Uh, yeah, the personalization at scale. I hate that. Um, you know, there's everybody. Well, I mean, you had said it earlier, the silver bullet. You know, a lot of people are looking for the silver bullet and they're looking to do you know, person, you know, I think, pers I think the phrase personalization at scale in general is a, is a uh, oxymoron. Like you can't be personalized at scale. You can be relevant at scale. You can be uh, persona driven at scale, that type of stuff. But personalization means personalization. Personalization means Eric, you're the only one that could have gotten this email. You know what I mean? And I think there's ways we can make that efficient, but I think everybody's looking for, you know, that, that tool, that, that, thing, you know, that, that they can push a button. And so are reps, you know, they're looking for, I get all the time, Hey, John, you know, do you have a, an email that I could send to, you know, VPs of sales and finance that is, you know, that gets you the highest response, John, what's the best subject line to use? And, you know, and, and, and like, these are all questions basically saying, Hey, I'm too lazy to put in the work. So, you know, is there something that's this magic bullet that I can just send and get results from? And, and the laziness factor is, is, is killing me these days because, you know, I talk again, death of the average sales rep and the, the COVID exposed 
a lot of the problems based on sales reps going through the motions, right? Like the, all the people are getting laid off and don't get me wrong. I think there's a good portion of people, obviously that got laid off for, through no fault of their own, right? They were, they were good at what they did and the company for whatever reason had to restructure and, and lay them off. But for the most part, you know, the other, uh, the other ones who got laid off are, you know, those are the bottom of the pot. Those are the average reps, you know, the ones who are just going through the motions, just kind of hitting their numbers and doing that thing. And so I think they're the balance right now of, of trying to balance quality and quantity is, is a struggle that everybody does, but I think everybody's still trying to figure out what's that AI tool. What's that thing that I can push that button. That'll, you know, be, be fantastic. And that I think, I, I, I wish we would stop trying to look for the, the yeah. silver bullet and just go back to doing, putting in the work. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of the sales five love languages. You know, you gotta, you gotta know what, what the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a quality time words of affirmation guy, but I, you know, I know, I know the other languages too. And I mean, you really do have to put in the work and it's quality, it's quality or quantity. I'm, I'm reading right now. Um, you can't teach a girl to ride a bike in a seminar. Yeah, that's the Sandler one. Yeah, it's an old Sandler one. I do it on Audible because I do this. Yeah, yeah. I do these walks uh, midday and morning mm -hmm. and night to keep my sanity. COVID, yeah. COVID time. Yeah, um, we do these days. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, uh, you know, it's it's quality over quantity, and right now it's tough. But if if it weren't for COVID, I'd be going to meetups. Or I, I'd be, I'd be, there's a lot, there's a lot of tools that, um, that can go a long way. You know, a fruit basket's not going to do it, right. um, but you know. Well, I think that's, you know, that's the difference, right? I mean, everybody does talk, going back to personalization and scale, people are, are rightfully so focused on personalization, but the problem is, is personalization without relevance is, is, is actually almost even worse, right? Because you get this email from, I, you know, I get a ton of emails these days from people saying, be like, Hey, John, you know, I see you went to the university of Maryland, you know, uh, go Terps. And then they hard cut to some value proposition about some software development tool that they created that has literally nothing to do with what I would even come close to valuing. Right. And so, so that's, and that's why I think AI fails because AI can go find that personal thing about you, Eric, but it can't connect the value of that thing to what you have to offer. Right. So that's where the human element comes into play here. Yeah. So when you wake up, what are the, what are the five, 10 websites that you, you open up first? Uh, there's six of them. It's Salesforce, LinkedIn, uh, Owler, uh, I have Facebook and Twitter because I use those to track all my top tier accounts. I don't use them for personal purposes. Uh, I track all my top tier accounts on on those tools as well. And then another one, Feedly, uh, F-E-E-D-L-Y. So those are the five. And I just kind of scan through every morning from 6.30 to 7.30 every morning. Just I take my top 25 tier one accounts. I put them on all those tools. I track them. Um, and I just kind of scan through those data feeds every morning while I drink my coffee. And I look for things that I can, you know, make connections to. So, Hey, I just saw that happen. You know, we should have a conversation about it. Feedly is an RSS feed that, you know, I follow certain topics and things that I'm interested in that my audience is interested into. So, you know, for me, AI is something I'm, I'm really fascinated in. So I go follow all the thought leaders in AI uh, sales blogs, obviously, and stuff like that. And, um, yeah. And so that's what, you know, for an hour a day, I probably fire off two or three really high quality emails to some tier one accounts of mine. I then, you know, read an article or two that I learned something from and share a few things out there on social to kind of build my brand and, and stay connected with prospects as well. 
You know, another thing I like to do is I put a guy, the, the person's name in, and then I put podcast and see if they've been in any podcast we've yep. interviewed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and go to minute 18, not minute yeah. two. Yeah. And he says, like, wow, that, he, he listened all the way to minute 18. This guy yep. is, he doesn't have a girlfriend, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Well, I mean, but I mean, the funny, like I said earlier, people are talking and all you got to do is spend the time to, to, if you really care, and if you really want to engage with people, you know, listening for 18 minutes into a podcast and pulling something out of that and making a reference. I mean, that's the, I will say that's the easiest and fastest way to get in touch with me. You know what I mean? Hey, John, I saw you were on, you know, I heard you on XYZ podcast and you talked about this. And one of the things I wanted to chat with you about is this because our solution does that. Or, you know, I thought it'd be worth a conversation. Like that's the easiest way to get me. Right. Um, but it's, it's rare that people do that. I mean, I, you know, I, I went on vacation about two months ago and uh, for two weeks and I didn't check my emails once and I came back and there was 2000 emails in my inbox, 2040 emails in my inbox. And I did an assessment of, um, uh, you know, what buckets did they fall into, right? So marketing emails, list services, LinkedIn requests, stuff like that. Uh, and I got out of the 2040 emails, I got 78, what I would consider sales emails, right? Like somebody offering want to meet or whatever. And of those 78, zero, zero were personalized. Wow. And, and to me, like, look, I'm not that important. I'm only seven, you know, I got only seven person company here, but look, it's not like I'm quiet out there, right? Like I'm, I'm out there on all the social channels. I talk a lot about what my needs are, what my challenges that we're dealing with. I'm pretty transparent with my business. Um, and I'm not shy about spending money either. I spend a crap load of money on a lot of different, th on, on a lot of different stuff because I, I believe it's going to get us to that next level. Right. And the fact, and, and I train personalization and the fact that I got out of 2000 emails, I didn't get one personalized. That tells me that there's a systemic issue here that reps are protect, like everybody thinks that, oh yeah, yeah, personalization, but really all they're looking for is what can I push a button so I can send out my 50 emails today and hopefully get a response from somebody like uh, that's where that, we are. That's, that is despicable. Yeah. Um, and, I, and there, there is the other side where the boss is, is saying activity level, how come you didn't reach 50 email or, you know. That's, that's the bigger problem, I think. It's, I think the reps are lazy, but it's also the management's push on them. And my whole thing on this is, you know, I don't know how old you are, I'm 44, right? So when I grew up in sales, uh, it was a numbers game, right? It was because the internet wasn't really out there all that much. There wasn't a ton of information. So if I was calling you, Eric, like there's a strong possibility you had never heard of something that I had, right? So, so for me, so, so back in that days, you know, 2000 ish, making a 50 dials, a hundred dials, whatever was, was, yeah, that's, so we grew up that way and now we've evolved and everybody understands that quality is the answer. But the problem is, is now Gen Xers, we're the managers, we're the leadership now, right? And we understand that quality is the answer, but you know, what's hard to coach to quality is hard to coach to quality is hard to, to develop, right? You know, what's easy to coach to Hey, make 50 dials today. Did you make your 50 dials today? Did you send your 100 emails today? And if you didn't, I'm going to smack you, right? Because it's a, just a lazy way of managing. And what happened with COVID when everybody went home, pipeline stopped. So, that, so managers panicked and activity level went through the roof and response rates went dropped through the floor. And I think if you just 
took that back and said, no, 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 let's focus on quality first. You're going to stand out from everybody else who's panicking right now, trying to send out a billion emails just to get that two or three connections every once in a while. You know what I find? I find it's actually easier when I, my sites that I open up are one of them is my, my Gmail. And I, I try to delete as quickly as possible the ones that I don't want. And if mm-hmm. there's one that is three paragraphs, you know, and it's saying the same shit, it's gone, you yeah. know. So gone. not even close. Make like. it personalized, uh, tight, quick to the value, yeah. and two sentences. Yeah. You know? Two scrolls on the iPhone at most, try to go for one, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean that's that's what I that I'm all about. And I also like to say, hey, I'm reaching out. This is why I wouldn't reach out to you. This is because this is yeah. why our, our product wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be reaching out if, if A, B, and C were true. Um, yeah. I'm not reaching out to these companies you know. Mm-hmm. I'm reaching out because blah, 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 blah. Yep. Um, is, is that enough to have a five-minute conversation? Yep. You know, I, I want you to tell me no right mm-hmm. away because I, I want to spend more time disqualifying right now than I do qualifying. Oh, all the time. I, I made that switch probably five, six years ago where I stopped, quali- I stopped trying to quote unquote qualify people. Um, and I started trying to disqualify. I tried to find all the reasons why we shouldn't work together because eventually you're going to find those out anyways, you know, somewhere in the sales process, something's going to come up. Somebody's going to ask the right question or whatever it is. And it's going to be like, Oh yeah, that's probably why we shouldn't do any business together. So, I mean, I probably turned down, you know, three out of four, uh, I'd say, I'd say 50%. I'd say about 50% of the, the qualification discovery calls that I have end with me being like, yeah, we're not a good fit for this. You know, I could probably cobble something together and you could feel, you know, and, and you'd like it, you know what I mean? But it wouldn't be a home run. And these days, reputation, reviews, feedback, you know, those type of things are so valuable. So like one bad review on whatever, because they were, thought it was a mediocre training kills you. I mean, we're on G2 crowd. We're like number two on G2 crowd, as far as trainers are concerned. And there's a, the reason that we're number two is because we had one review that was a two. You know what I mean? Like all were fours and fives. And we had one kid who showed up midway through a training. He, it was not like, it was like an, an older AE that was in an SDR training. And he was like, this is irrelevant, like blah, blah, blah. And he went on G2 and wrote it. And it was just like, and that took us from like a 4.95 star down to like a 4.8, just with that one review. And we've got like hundreds of reviews. So you don't have that luxury these days to do work that is mediocre, right? Because word spreads way too fast and there's way too many other options. And so that's why I'm hunting for the clients that I can make a difference for that. Like that they're going to walk out going, holy smokes, like that was crazy valuable. And there's, there's also some bonus on, on the, uh, on, on the tools, right? I mean, like, you know, Lyft, Uber, I mean, I give them five stars, All the time, yeah. you know, every, I mean, they'd have to, they'd have to puke. They'd have to do so. Yeah, exactly. They'd have to do something pretty bad for me not to give them five stars. As long as it's an average, I didn't get mad. You know what I mean? As long as yeah. something bad didn't happen, you're getting five stars for me. Yeah. So like when I use Glassdoor uh, as, as part of my algorithm to identify maybe an opportunity I want to pursue, um, you know, this, this, this company has 10 people and they have 10, uh, you know, 10 reviews with five stars. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm not going to really like believe that. Yeah, you know, no. so, 
um, I, I'm, one, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm wondering how, how you know, you, you're probably better than the first place guy and you got one, two star. What, what, what can these guys do to make, to, to make this more accurate, to make this? I don't know if they can, you know what I mean? I think, I think the best that you can do is, and you know, and I just look at human behavior too. I know what I do when I go to Amazon, right? I go, I look at the reviews and, and it kind of, whoever's in the four plus range, I kind of consider. And then I look at the reviews and what I, what I do, I scroll all the way down and I see what are the negative ones. And I see, are those negative ones realistic, right? Are, and most of them on Amazon, it's like, oh, the package came, you know, dented or, you know, some, something that wasn't the product, right? So I don't, I disregard those. So it's the same thing with, I think what you need to do as, a, as an organization is monitor that extremely closely and be very thoughtful with your response to those, right? So what we do is any, anything that's even remotely negative, I, I personally go into all those reviews and say, hey, sorry you had a bad experience here, not sure what the situation was, you know, we really aim to blah, blah, blah. If there is anything that we can do to improve this, I'd really appreciate it. If, here's my email address, reach out to me directly, right? So, so that if you see that, because I'm still up on the top three, right? I just want to make sure I stay up there. So now you're evaluating three vendors. And when you look at the reviews, you're going to scroll down and you're going to see that negative one, but then you'll see my thoughtful response to it. And you'll be like, holy crap, you know what I mean? The CEO of the company responded to this, you know, SDR who was kind of annoyed with something. You know what I mean? Like then that to me carries a lot of weight, right? If I'm a buyer, I'm looking at that saying, wow, the CEO is actually, you know, engaged in, in giving feedback and learning how to get better. Like that to me is a company I want to work with. And right now during COVID, it's, I mean, probably more, a little bit more focused on retention than, oh, yeah. than acquisition, right? And so- Most you want your yeah. customers to see, well, this is, the, this guy's willing to go to bat for me. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd say the majority of business that people are finding these days is with, um, uh, is with existing accounts, right? Because the, the new business, the pipeline, I mean, that we're, we're busier than ever trying to help people get new business because that pipeline has dried up pretty significantly. Like, you know, net new with nobody ever knowing you before. But most companies are getting, you know, are, are getting through this with their existing accounts because there's trust there. Yeah, it's like it's like the top five of their accounts are paying eighty yep. percent of their revenue. Uh, what kind of what kind of retention um, strategies have you employed that were different than pre-COVID? That you can say. Um, I, I think we're just get we're more uh, we're using our audience. I mean, I hired a director of customer success back in December last year, so that was kind of a big step for us to make sure that it wasn't just me popping in and out and saying see you later, and then sending an email, you know, thirty days later saying hey, do you need anything? So we have a kind of pretty direct uh, follow through process now that our director of customer success manages. But I think the the thing that we're we're doing slightly differently is we're actually leaning in on our uh, existing accounts to to work together to to help right so for instance when they were when things were bad uh, like March, April, May timeframe, we called up and said, Hey, you know, any, any company that we had done business with in two years, we were like, Hey, how y'all doing? Like, what's the, you know, what's the vibe on the team right now? And do you need like something to help motivate them? Like that type of stuff. Right. And offering for their clients who were hurting, we'd offer a free one hour Q and a just to get the team motivated. You know what I mean? Just to give them something right where myself, Morgan, whoever would get on for an hour, we do a little Q and a motivation and get people popping. Right. And we just gave that away for free. Um, and that has that, that all those free sessions that we gave away in April, May, June 
are all coming back to us now with people saying, Hey, thanks so much for helping us through that. Now we're ready to do training. Right. So, and then the other piece is really just, um, you know, I, I think it's funny we in sales, we, we guess a lot, right? So, so we come up with messaging and uh, we try it out. So we send it to a CEO and we hope that that messaging is going to work or whatever. Um, but there's a, there's a group of people that, that know, you know, what would resonate and what would be a good message. And it's our existing accounts. So what I'm encouraging a lot of clients to do is, you know, let's, let's engage customer success in our existing customers and, and go figure, go find like, the personas that you mostly focus on. So like me, it'd be like VPs of sales, CROs and VPs of enablement. Right. And go find like four or five of each one of those people in your existing account base. Right. And then come up with messaging uh, that you think will resonate with that persona and then share it with them and say, Hey, Here's some messaging that we came up with based on the challenges that we understand your role faces. We're about to put together a sequence of cadence to do that. And before we did that though, we wanted to run this by you and get your feedback from it, right? And then doing like a Zoom uh, video session with those people and having the sales team ask them questions like, you know, what are you, how, how have your challenges changed between now and, you know, when COVID was and, you know, what value do you get out of our solution right now that you couldn't live without now that we're in COVID? So all that insight that we can gain from the people who use our stuff, who are in the roles that we're going after, we can extract that and then we can start going after yeah. new, right? And say the same thing, like, hey, because now it's proven. Now, I won't say proven, but now it's validated, right? Our messaging is validated by people who know, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to us guessing about it. So I think that's another way that we're trying to uh, leverage our existing clients different than we did before. Well, I think, you know, a lot of people will say prospecting is the hardest part of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you can make it a lot tougher if your first impression is, is shitty. Mm-hmm. Right. So you want to do all that due diligence that you were just you were just referencing to make sure that first impression, maybe it's not going to hit a home run. Maybe it's right. not going to hit. It's not, but it, it's going to get some respect and, yep. and, and the person is going to look at the next, you know, but if, if it's just way off, no. you're going to, you're going to, you know, a delete and you're wasting your time yep. trying to get seven touches. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, if you, 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 you I mean, people do pay attention, right? So like to your point, if it's way off or it's just like, you know, again, personalization for no reason other than personalize, you know, that that's, you're going to get kicked out you know? yeah. or, or you'll get put in a spam folder and never looked at again. And it, you know, it's amazing. I mean, LinkedIn, I, I was trying to invite people to my, to my page mm-hmm. and I would say probably 70% easy are people I don't remember. Oh, I don't know. Easy. You know, but um, but you can use you know uh, effectively to to have those conversations you were just talking about. Like, what would, mm-hmm. would you mind having a you know? I'll give you a five dollar uh, Starbucks yeah. gift card, something mm-hmm. like that. So um, there's there's a lot of techniques to I think get that personalization. And I think it's extremely important to to have that first touch, um, uh, include that personalization, and then uh, the discovery. A discovery yeah. call uh, decides, I think, a, a lot of what goes um, on after after that, because you want to get as as many people in the room, right? right. You want to know that you want to you have a blank canvas, and you want to look around and and know you got you know you got an analyst, you got you got a VP of sales, you got a CFO, you, you all the psychologists, and you got to know how to paint that canvas differently each time. 
um, yeah. in those psychologies in the room. Absolutely. Uh, you know how to adapt, right? I mean, you yeah. gotta, you gotta adapt your sales approach to who you're in front of. Yeah. Um, because the connecting with them is a, a huge challenge these days, specifically remotely. What, um, what do you think works for you? What, I mean, uh, you, I mean, you, I feel like you, you naturally get psychology, you get people, you understand how things kind of work, but, um, what, what do you think is, is your, is your biggest unique value proposition you know, that you bring to sales? which is why it's called sales intersections it's about salespeople and the intersection is what they bring to the table. Yeah. I mean the, the, the so again, the, what's the biggest uh, differential? So say that again, what was the question so what, for you? But the, yeah. what, like, like people talking about John Barrows, like, Oh, you know what? John, John is so good at it, blah, 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 blah. What's going to be your legacy? I mean, what, what do you bring to the table that that is more unique than than in, in anyone else? Authenticity. Authenticity. Yeah, I, I I think there's so many people out there that are so full of shit. It, it's coming out their ears. Uh, most sales trainers get into sales training because they can't sell, um, and so you know they they work at organizations that are good at telling people what to do but not actually doing it, and and also you know, this whole fake it till you make it is, is everybody's trying to figure out. And, and, you know, look, I'm, I'm not a rocket scientist here. I'm just a kid who went to a state school, drank my way through college and works my ass off. And, and, you know, I, and I have a unique ability, I think, to break down uh, the art of science into uh, the art of sales into the science of sales and make it repeatable. Um, and so I can give you a structure and a process to follow that'll get you pretty close, but then you have to put in the work to, to take it to the next level. So I think, you know, being real and, 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 um, and, and giving reps actual techniques and tips and things to do that they can see make a difference, right? Because we're all looking for those, those little wins along the way, right? Obviously the big wins are, you know, if you're an SDR, the big, the meeting with that tier one account, like that feels great, right? When you're an AE, it's that closing that deal. It's like, oh, but those are so few and far between that you gotta look for those little extra wins along the way so that you can constantly be getting better. And it's like, you know, and that's what I try to focus on is, is like, what are the, what's the structure to follow? And then how do you just kind of test out different things here and there, but do it in a way that matters, do it in a way that's, that's, that's not cheesy, not, you know, like the, the perception of whatever sales is, right? I mean, I wrote, you know, the, everybody was asking me what I was, you know, if I was going to write a book. And I, you know, at first I was like, what the hell am I going to write a book about? First of all, I don't read all that much. So I think I'd be a little bit of a hypocrite. But second of all, like, what am I going to write that already hasn't been written 8 million times before about sales? And so instead of doing another sales book to make myself feel good about myself, you know, I decided to write a children's book. And it was in the book's called, I want to be in sales when I grow up. And, and I wrote it with my daughter. Um, and it was about her learning how to scale, sell Girl, Girl Scout cookies. And the goal of that is, you know, our why here at JB Sales is, is to elevate the profession, right? Sales done right. And our, our opinion of what right is, but it's, you know, it's with ethics, it's with hard work, it's with all these things, right? And, you know, the book is to try to really introduce sales to, to kids at a root level because no kid ever says, I want to be in sales when I grow up, right? Like they don't even know. It's usually the default profession. And I, and I think sales, when done right, is the greatest profession in the world. When done wrong, it's the worst. And so I'm trying to introduce it to, you know, kids in a positive way um, and, and really try to make an impact and elevate the profession. <laughs> profession. 
Um, that you know, that's one of the more fascinating things I've heard on 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 my episodes, because um, I've asked people. One of the questions I've asked is is you know you you probably weren't in eighth grade thinking I was going to be a salesman. No way. You know what 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 profession? What what did you almost get into? You know, I mean, marketing. And, and uh, I, you know. Twenty years ago, if you lined up ten people, yeah, and you asked them, "What's your perception of sales?" Spotlighting. So myself as the host, I can make someone a co-host, and then the host. More negative or more positive? I think it's probably more. Ne- I think it's probably about the same. I think there's still a, a huge perception of of negativity, and I understand why. It's because we are the least educated in what we do. I mean, there's still very few uh, universities that offer degrees in sales. And, and so if you think about it, if you get a kid who went to school for whatever major they thought they wanted to be when they grew up um, uh, and they get out and they realize, Ugh, you know, either I don't want to do this or I can't make enough money doing this. Um, hey, I'm, you know, I'm pretty good with people. Let me get into sales. But the problem is, is because there's a lack of education, most people are, okay, here's your territory. Here's your quota. Good luck. And when that happens, you take somebody that is a relatively good person, right? That, that rarely lies or cheats or any of that stuff. You put them, you give them a, you put them in a situation where you give them a territory and a quota and you tell them go and very limited guidance. And by the way, if you don't hit your quota, A, you won't get paid and B, you'll probably get fired pretty quick. Uh, you get some kids who are relatively good people doing some very unnatural things. You know what I mean? To, so they'll start to cut corners. They'll start to, you know, do whatever it takes. And, and that's why the, there's this perception because it is a reality. You know what I mean? There's a large portion of our population that are just jerk salespeople that are just trying to cram something down somebody's throat so they can get their commission checks. And, you know, um, and I, so I don't think it's changed much over the years. I think it's getting better in our space. Um, but if you were to pull the general, uh, general ethos and audience, uh, they, they'd say, yeah, sales is, you know, politicians, lawyers, sales. Yeah. You, you, you wrote about a story maybe about a month ago. You were on a trip. I think you went to like nine cities in nine, nine days or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And you're up, you're up till three in the morning one night. And you woke up and you you realized you wrote the wrong presentation for the it was it was for the for the wrong for the wrong company. Yeah, yeah. You right. I do. Yeah, I've, I've, it's happened actually a couple of times. <laughs> and you know you were you were getting down on yourself, but for me it made me think: um, should we be thinking about it like that, or should we be thinking about it like you know what maybe maybe you know. Um, what's her name, uh, Ariana Huffington, uh, we should bring in some of her sleeping philosophies and, and mm. make sure that if, if we are going to do a meeting, we're going to be present, we're going to give them 100%. And not only are we going to not uh, mix up uh, the presentation, we're, we're going to blow them away. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I've been a pretty bad self-care person. Um, I usually grind pretty hard, don't sleep much, don't really, you know, I, I, I definitely don't exercise as much as I did and I'm, and I'm a trash bucket when it comes to food. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a workaholic and that's not a good thing. You know, I've, I, this non, this, uh, this COVID thing has actually been a huge blessing for me because I was flying all around the world traveling, you know, every single week to somewhere. 
And I got a 10 year old daughter now, you know what I mean? And, and for the past five years, I haven't seen her most weeks. I see her on the weekends. I'm always home on the weekend and stuff like that. And it was, you know, it was killing me and I was trying to get off of a plane, but I was doing a terrible job at it. Right. Because I kept saying, well, I got to go make some more revenue so that we can afford these things and make these investments as an organization. And now COVID hits and solve that problem for me. So now, you know, I I do have time to focus on my health and be more present and those type of things. And that matters. Right. I mean, I think the ultimate, the ultimate measure of success is happiness, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you're working your ass off and you're not happy with what you're doing, it doesn't matter how much money you make, right? That, that to me, I mean, I know millionaires who are just miserable pricks, you know, and, and, but I also know a buddy of mine who makes $40,000 a year and is a contractor and loves his life. You know what I mean? He goes home every day to see his wife and daughter. He lives in a decent house and he's happy. And to me, like, if you're, if, I don't care if you make 40 grand a year and you're, if you're happy, you win. Yeah. For me, it's, I don't know the, I don't know. The, I don't pretend to know the secret of happiness, but I, I feel like it starts with knowing yourself. And uh, yeah, Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's something that, that you, I think you mature into, you eventually have to figure out who you really are and what your core values are and that type of thing. And I, you know, I recommend everybody, you know, go through kind of a core values exercise to understand what drives you, what, what's your why, what's your core values, because once you really solidify those, you can start to marry that up to your decisions, right? The, the companies you work for, the clients you work with. And, and for me, you know, I have my 12 personal guidelines to success and that's driven me my entire career. And it helps me evaluate people, situations, opportunities, and everything else. Because if, if I believe, I genuinely believe if your core, if your core values align, then we can do some fun things together. We can do some special things together. And we, and by the way, we can argue along the way, but if our core values are the same, we're going to do some cool stuff. But if our core values are off, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It won't work. Yeah. There was, there was a point in my life, probably maybe uh, seven years ago, when I just, just something, I wanted to be happier. And, and I knew I was trying everything in the book. And my sister and my brother-in-law were, kept talking about meditation. At the time, he said meditation to me. It was like nails on the chalkboard, right? Yeah. And I got into it. And I'm, I'm, I meditate every day. And it's a way for me to keep those core values um, top of mind um, and also address some of the things that I'm not naturally good at. Patience, for example, sales, sales, you know, it's like, you know, I'm not just like walking around slowly. I'm I'm like, you know. uh, Oh, no, I mean, I I mean, I know this is, uh, you know, probably taboo for some, but you know, here in Massachusetts is legal. I mean, I smoke weed for a very specific reason because yeah. it, it puts me in a different mindset. It helps me deal with the stress. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like having that drink after work, but it, it, it's a, to me, a much healthier approach there. But it's, 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 it's kind of my meditation. You know what I mean? Like I, at the end of the day, these days, now that I'm home, I I'm finished here. I have a hot tub, you know, in my backyard. I, I take a little, you know, like took a little toke, go in a different mindset and, and think at a different level. 
And that to me is kind of my meditation. And I think we all have to find these things, especially in today's world, to keep ourselves sane, whether it's taking a walk every day with, and listening to podcasts or meditating or, you know, and I don't, I'm not advocating people turn to drugs, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my conversation about drugs and, you know, and how weed should not even be considered one, but. Um, marijuana too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, marijuana, like it shouldn't be a class A, but it's like, it's, it's better than alcohol. But anyways, but my point is, is that, that we all, I think, need to figure out A, who we are, uh, and then what we need to, to cope, uh, to, to be a, you know, to, to, to get through uh, where, where we are and find happiness, whatever that means to you. And what, what I discovered was that it's not what I want, it's what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I, you know, I'm the kind of guy, I have a spreadsheet mm-hmm. and, uh, there's days I don't want to, but I, I, I keep track of how many pushups I do every day, mm-hmm. um, how many steps I take. And it, it's, it, sometimes it's like annoying because I didn't do as many as yesterday, but keeping track of it, doing these little things, I realized I, I need to do. Mm-hmm. And by the way, um, yeah, you don't have to argue with me too much about weed. I'm a big investor in Kaliva, who's, nice. who's uh, Joe Montana, 75 million investor. And he's coming. They're coming east, man. They're coming. Love east. it, man. Love it. It's Jay coming. Z, they're uh, chief. chief uh, uh, but what is he? Chief uh, uh, evangelist or something. Yeah. Um, so I think that's great. One, yeah. uh, we're getting toward, towards the end of the podcast. I did yeah. want to ask, I asked you. What did you think was going on wrong, maybe in, in the sales world that, that you, you kind of felt like should be going a different direction? What about you? you what, do you think anybody, I mean, you know, not to say anyone's talking about you, but mm-hmm. if, if they were, what would they say about John Barrows? And like, there's the way he's going about this or that is, is just, you know, uh, I don't agree with it. Yeah. I mean, I think people like, you know, just like anybody don't like my style. Uh, some people, I mean, I'm pretty direct. I'm from, you know, I grew up in Boston. Um, <clears throat> I swear a lot. I, I, you know, I call bullshit a lot on a lot of things and, uh, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people like are, are more traditional in their approach and they just don't, they don't like my, you know what I mean? And, and I think that's just with anybody, but at the end of the day, going back to learning about who you are, um, <clears throat> I know who I am and I'm real comfortable with it. And I know the value I bring to the table. And if you are going to judge, uh, if you are, if you are going to shade your uh, understanding of what I'm trying to bring as far as the value is concerned, based on I, you know, I drop the f bomb every once in a while, or you know, I call bullshit on something that I thought was kind of ridiculous of what you were doing, then, you know, at first I felt, oh my god, you know, I, you know, I. I have to adjust and that type of stuff. But then I start, I, start, I got very comfortable with knowing that I was, you know, of the value that I brought to the right audience. Okay. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, probably people would say, John, you got to tone it down a little bit, probably stop talking as much about weed, probably stop, you know, swearing as much as you do. Um, <clears throat> but you know, um, and you know, and professionally, I think that, you know, uh, I've had probably people in the past say, oh, there wasn't enough reinforcement and that type of thing. But again, it's, it's how you slice this. It depends on how you look at training and those type of things. If you are looking for somebody else to solve your problem, then I'm not your guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if you're looking for somebody to help you with your problem, but you're going to take ownership of it, then I'm absolutely your guy and yeah. I'm in it with, you, right? So 
you know, I think style approach is probably the thing that some people would say that they don't appreciate, but I'd say that's probably 95% is positive to saying they like my style and approach where 5% is, is, eh, you know, uh, he's not, he's not really my style. And that's, that's kind of normal, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, hundred percent of the people out there aren't going to like me. No. Um, and as soon as you give that up, by the way, <clears throat> that's where like, you know, if you're on social and you're posting things and you're worried about the trolls, you know, that one person that makes a bad comment on something, if you, if you, I used to go down that rabbit hole, you know what I mean? I would, same thing with reviews. Like when I would do a training and we would do the, the survey afterwards, I, I didn't care at all about all the positive stuff. I fixated myself on the negative. I'm like, oh my God, you know, really? And, but then I would start to realize like that was one out of 35 people yeah. that I just trained and all 35 of them thought it was awesome. And I'm this one guy, or I did a post that got, you know, a hundred thousand views and 300 comments and five of them were negative because whatever. And I was like, Oh, you know, and that type of stuff, you just let that shit go. And as long as you're coming from a good spot, my point is here is as long as your values are right and you're trying with all sincerity to do the right thing and help people, then you should have no, you should never apologize or worry about what other people think of you. Yeah. I'm I'm in a phase right now where I'm just starting out and I'm getting a lot of followers, a lot of like DMs and business, but a, a very little engagement on social. Mm. Um, and I cared about that for a while, mm. and now I'm just like, you know what? I'm I'm not going to look at, at LinkedIn and Twitter as as these these you know these sites that um, suck energy out of me. Right. I'm gonna. I'm going to um, look at them as I'm going to say what I want, not, you know, not inappropriately, but, but um, speak from the heart. And well, and look, what happens there? Cause the same thing happened to me when I first went off on my own, you know, I had all these people saying, Hey John, you know, give us your Twitter handle and we'll get you 10,000 Twitter followers. And I'm like, why, why do I want 10,000 random ass people following me on Twitter? Like that's not what I'm interested. So I took a very deliberate approach to only sharing content that I thought was valuable, you know, only posting when I, you know, not just to post a post. And I had the same thing, like early on, I got no engagement. Like it was like, I'd get one, two, three comments, but as you know, as I continue to do it, as I continue to really focus on doing what I thought was adding value and learning myself, you know, the people that did follow me were people that got value out of what I did. And all of a sudden now, after, you know, six years of doing this from a, from a zero to, to where I am now, you know, the engagement on my stuff is through the roof compared to a lot of people. Right. Cause because my, because my audience isn't, I'm not, I'm not everything to everybody. I am very specific with what I am and who I add value to. And that audience gets value out of it. And yeah, there's people that come in every once in a while that aren't really part of that circle, but that's the engagement that I look for. It's, it's again, quality over quantity. And I, I get a lot of value out of your stuff and I, I, I see you on all the time. It's like, does this guy sleep or what? <laughs> very and, little, but yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like if, if he's, if he's, you know, spending this, this much energy on his job, there's, he doesn't have any any energy left to, to be bullshitting. I mean, you can't, you can't, there's no way, you know, nope. so that's there's I, no room for it. I got no room for bullshit at this point. Like even, even drama and stuff like that, I've cut so much out of my life that is not added value to it. Like just recently, I just, I just couldn't deal with it. So I'm off of Facebook. I'm, I, you know, I deleted the CNN app. I deleted MSNBC. I deleted all the news things because it was just negative, negative time yep. suck. Right. And, and I'm, I'm and I've, I've removed a lot of people from my life as well because they were just negative people. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, I can't be around you. 
Yeah, I'm in that same zone now. Hey, it's, uh, I want to be yep. some time. I know you have a hard stop. Um, anything you want to promote for? Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you go to jbarrows.com, you'll see all the stuff that we're doing. But if you go to jbarrows.com and then click training for individuals, we actually just launched a brand new uh, on-demand platform that has all our stuff. It's Netflix style uh, for 420 bucks a year. So you'll appreciate it. So for 420 a year, you literally get everything that we train Salesforce, LinkedIn, Box, Google on. And, uh, you know, we're having some fun building that community over there. I saw that coming up is, uh, is training on social, right? Yep. Yeah, we're going to release uh, uh, Morgan and James have some courses coming up on that that are about social and brand building, which are going to be big. Well, I'll tell you what, um, no, no one uh, except for my mom will listen to the whole 16 minutes of this podcast. So what I've been doing is, is just make kind of a highlight reel. Okay, cool. Um, so I'll have the final edit done over the weekend and I will send it to you before posting. But um, yeah, if you feel comfortable with it, it, it would be an honor if you, know, if you posted it or- Absolutely. Know, yeah, yeah, just send it over to me. I'll make sure my team pushes it out there. Yeah, that's great. Hey, John, I really, really appreciated the conversation. Uh, it was an honor talking to you. I was, I, I knew I was going to get a lot of value out of out of this conversation, and I really did. So awesome. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate it, man. Have a good All one. Right. Enjoy your night. Cheers. Bye.